The antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. I'm Dave Hawkins, and you've connected with The Antidote. It's good to have you here. I don't want you thinking that our first song, Let's Go, is indicative of tonight's guest, because Sam Lopez of Koki makes music whatever way he wants. He's influenced by skater punk culture, 70s psych rock, 90s hip-hop, and his dad's vinyl collection. The thing is, no Koki song sounds like any of the others. And I do find that refreshing. Okay, so now that I've said that, let me correct it. There is one constant, because Koki wants to make sure everyone is aware that the music is Christ-centered. So let's dive into this talk the antidote had with Sam Lopez, and we'll pull in another Koki song titled, Fall in Love. Samuel Jacob Lopez Jr. is better known as Koki. Sam, thanks so much for coming on The Antidote. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think I should tell you that I've had interviews with a number of artists who've included wildlife in their band name. People like The Last Bison, Arms for Elephants, Grandpa Loves Rhinos. But, you know, those are all huge animals. But here, (laughs) Koki is named after a tiny, tiny frog from Puerto Rico. Yeah. (laughs) So tell me, where's the intimidation factor? 
<laughs> uh, none, I guess. <laughs> but seriously, though, why name your project after a frog? It's funny, you know, th this name has been uh, something that's been in my family my entire life. So my mom, she was the youngest sibling of seven brothers and sisters. She was the baby of the family. And my grandfather nicknamed her Koki because she was so tiny. <laughs> so, it, so it was always something that was in my family. Uh, when I was in high school, my dad had started a clothing company that was um, Puerto Rican themed. And it was mm -hmm. called Golki Clothing. And, uh, and I would go with him and, and we would go to the Puerto Rican festivals in Los Angeles. They would have them uh, every year. And mm -hmm. so we would set up a tent and he would sell this Puerto Rican themed merch under Golki Clothing. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's been always something that's like, uh, you know, been part of my family. It's part of like, you know, my background. My, both of my parents are Puerto Rican. And so when I started this project, I wanted something that kind of connected me to my family. And I kind of wanted something that I could kind of um, repurpose, you know. And also it's just like a word that's like not very familiar. And really, you've made it as a tribute to your parents. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I should have you fill us in. When did you first get into music? Wow. Um, professionally or, or just in general? In general. In general, um, so I would say my first interest in music, I think I was about 10 or 11, and um, it was over the summer. My mother had brought me to Burbank, where my uncle lived, and my uncle was a professional musician. He's the only other person in my entire family that's a musician, and um, and he's he had a very successful career in the Latin music world. He uh, did mostly salsa and Latin jazz and stuff like that. And so this one summer, my mom, she dropped me off at, at his house in Burbank and I stayed with him for two weeks and I followed along with him to all his gigs, rehearsal. And and it just like it changed my life, seeing like a completely different lifestyle. And it was so intriguing. You know, he was taking me to the rehearsals and he, you know, he took me to, you know, get my like a nice outfit to wear to the gig, got me <laughs> nice shoes, even got me a haircut, you know, and showed me, you know, how it is to be a professional musician. And after that summer, I was just like, this is what I want to do. And so it was always in the back of my mind that I wanted to be a musician, but I didn't learn how to actually play an instrument until I was about, I want to say like 15 or 16 years old. And around this time, I was getting like really interested in punk rock music. Mm -hmm. I had some um, some older friends from from my church actually, and they were into a lot of Christian punk rock. And so I was getting into into this music, and because of that, I was really interested in in playing an instrument. And originally, I wanted to play drums. And uh, I asked my dad for a drum kit, and he said, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> because your dad is a smart man. Yeah, exactly. Um, and my dad was a DJ, actually, from the 80s up until, like, like the late 90s. Um, so, yeah, so he was just like, no, it's going to be too loud. Um, but if you want to learn how to play guitar, I'll get you a guitar. So for my, I think, 15th or 16th birthday, he, he went and bought me a guitar. <laughs> and uh yeah and that guitar sat for like a year i i because I, I had no idea how to play it 
And so I just sat there, you know, looked cool in my room. And probably like a year later, I finally like picked it up and actually started learning how to play. in the background and i'm sure there's been stuff in the meantime between then and now <laughs> but i want to hear about the creation story of koki what inspired you to start this up um i had taken some time off of creating music from like 2016 to like 2018 because i started working professionally doing playback for 30 seconds to mars oh and so okay. i would so I was on the road with them, and the band that I had at that time kind of fizzled away. And so I wasn't really making any music. I was more so just working behind the scenes on tour. And in like 2018, 2019, I decided to just start making my own music again. And so I started writing songs just for myself. 
Um, and it wasn't until COVID happened that, you know, I stopped touring for like the first time in five years. Mm. And uh, it caused me to slow down for the first time and kind of reevaluate my life and like what I was doing with my life. And um, during that time, I found God. You know, I, I, I came back to my faith. I had fallen away from my faith for, for many years. I grew up in the church. Both my parents are Christian. I, you know, I, mm-hmm. But when I moved out and I started getting into the music industry, and I, I fell into the world and got really lost for a while. And so when COVID happened, it was the first time where I, um, I was kind of faced with, with my demons. You know, I was dealing with a lot of stuff, and I didn't know why. And God just happened to open up my eyes and show me the truth of what was going on. And so at that time, I had a lot of things on my mind that were based around my faith, you know, my relationship with God, um, understanding, you know, the truth and lies of the world. And um, when I started writing music again, it was all I wanted to write about. Mm-hmm. And so going back into writing music, I, I decided, um, you know, because I had pursued so many different projects in the past. You know, I was I had been hired gun, uh, you know, playing for, for different artists and stuff. You know, I, I've had a couple different versions of my own band that, you know, never really went anywhere. And so with this, I decided that I wanted to make music not for myself not for success, not for fame. I wanted to do this as a way to to please God by, you know, utilizing my skills and talents that he gave me with no, you know, intention of it really going anywhere other than just to get a creative outlet. You were talking about your relationship with God, and that ties into your, I'm assuming it was your debut single. And I had to go on a hunt to find this, but I did a track down Rewind. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that was, yeah. what, 2019? That was 2019, yeah. But the thing is about relationships is that this song has you reminiscing about times you spent with your family. Yeah. It must be special for you. Yeah, absolutely. I wrote that song for my grandmother who had passed away. She had passed away that year oh. while I was out on tour. Um, I was actually in Europe when, when it happened. And so um, when I came home, it was, you know, it was, it was heavy on my mind. And that was, uh, yeah, that was the first song I had r- written as, as Koki. Yeah, it, it was a very special song. <laughs> Woke up today, thank the Lord I've arrived. My mom let her know I'm alive Called on my pops even though he don't talk much Told him about all the things I've accomplished Lunch with my bro on that vegan for life shit Laugh till we cry, all we do is ignite shit Trips with my cuz, watch us flow through the planets Learn something new while we eat pomegranates Ain't nothing to be upset about Breath. Down low on ten head 
We celebrate Christmas with tequila shots Where I first learned to skate by the park with the curbs Never cried when I crashed, never got on my nerves My abuelo would watch while he smoked cigarettes Smell like you, vinyl scotch, I will never forget How I felt when he left, never thought I'd admit All the years I regret, so much time never spent Ain't nothing to be upset about cool idea, pulling in important family memories into a single song. It shares so many of the relationships he's had with his family. It just seems so personal. Sam and I get into talking about the music he's creating and how the song My Lord Provided came to be. Something about Rewind is that it doesn't have the same flavor as, say, your newer music. But then again, you know, your style ranges all over the place like you didn't want to settle for a specific music style yeah i mean at at the time when i wrote rewind i wasn't really in in the place i am now with just my faith in god and Mm -hmm. i was more living for myself and so you know looking back at that song like the style of the music really reflected where I was in my life. You know, I was more interested in, you know, what was popular in the world, you know, pop music, electronic, hip hop. And so that was kind of, you know, where that song came out of. Now, fast forward, you know, I'm not making music necessarily for the world. I'm I'm making music for myself. And, and again, most importantly, I'm making it for God. And so with all the new stuff I've been making, I've just been making what feels right in my heart, like what I'm actually interested. And mm-hmm. this style of music is more similar to the type of music I, I originally was getting into when I first started playing guitar and writing music when I was in middle school and high school. You've been really upfront about being Christian. But it's, you know, the funny thing is, is that many bands, even Christian bands, don't always want to take on that label of being Christian. You know, that's something that sort of stands out about you because you're really upfront about saying you are a Christian artist. Should every artist be that way if they are Christian? I mean, I mean, my thing is like live by example, you know? So like, I'm not ashamed to say I'm Christian. I'm not ashamed to say that I follow Jesus and I strive to be like him. 
you know, I'm not trying to shove it <laughs> down anyone's throat or, you know, or trying to change anyone. But I, I think it's important for myself to, you know, not be ashamed of it because it is who I am. Um, as for other artists, I mean, I think you need to be genuine to yourself. You know, for me, this is me being genuine because this is this is everything to me. You know, like being Christian comes above anything. Well, I think the most obviously faith-inspired track from Koki is My Lord Provided. Mm-hmm. You said you're not going to try to thump your Bible on people, but you're virtually doing it with that song. Oh, I mean, I mean that song is just a testimony of, you know. I mean, I wrote, I wrote that song as, you know, it's, it's more of like a thank you letter to, to God than anything. And that's a good way of putting it. You know, people could take it however they want, you know. The reason that song came about was I um, I remember one day at church during the worship service, you know, it just dawned on me that the, the songs that we were singing were just, you know, some other songwriter's version of, of what they thought is, you know, a worship song. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there thinking like, huh, interesting, like, I'm a songwriter, like, why don't I write? you know, a a worship song. And it was like heavy on my heart for some reason. And so I went home and I just sat down and kind of was like, okay, well, if I was to write a song, like from my voice to like praise God and thank God, like how would it sound? You know, not like a song for like everyone to sing together at the church or, you know, or to add to the hymn book or anything, but like, you know, like from my actual voice, from my actual thoughts, what would that sound like? And so I just started writing straight from the heart and it came out as like a testimony, I guess, of where I was at the time and what brought me back to my faith. That is the thing with the song, because I could never see it being sung by a large group of people because it's so stripped down and it's so intimate. Yeah. It's like one-on-one, you and God. Yeah, exactly. That that's exactly how it, how I intended it to be, like a you know a, a conversation.
chase through my faith when I gave it all up to the one above. Awake, my salvation, my strength, there ain't nothing compared to his holy love. By grace, I was saved through my faith when I gave it all up to the one above. Awake, my salvation, my strength, there ain't nothing compared to His holy love. Oh, I'm That faith aspect comes out again strong on the song Ben Camigo, selfishly aware of all the sins you constantly ignore, spiritual deflections, your reflection, lacking self-control, searching for the answer, never bothering, praying to the Lord. So is that really your purpose then? It sounds like it is, like you're wanting to pull people to Christ. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean... You know, as Christians, like we're called to let people know. Um, so even if they're kicking and screaming. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
Sam had to coach me on saying Van Comigo, but I still don't think I'm saying it right. At least I can pronounce our slow death, and that's the topic on this next part of our talk. Your songs aren't always about that, about your faith, because I like how you also don't mind offering up strong opinions. Mm-hmm. Our slow death dumps on everybody, and really rightly so. You got Monsanto, Bill Gates, human trafficking, <laughs> CDC, Jay Epstein, vaccines. I mean, this list goes on and on. But you know, the thing is about it, like, it doesn't seem like you're just angry. It's like you're actually incensed. Yeah. I mean, you know, learning about these things is, is something that really um, kind of opened up my eyes to the evil of this world and ultimately brought me back to my faith in God. You know, understanding that evil truly does exist in this world. You know, so many people want to laugh and and say, oh, Satan doesn't exist. Satan's, you know, not real. But if you look at what's going on in the world, it's so evident that he is, you know. And if he isn't, then I don't know. (laughs) Then this world is complete chaos. You're saying that Bill Gates has horns. (laughs) (laughs) he's got something (laughs) have you ever performed our slow death live because i'm really curious as to how listeners have reacted actually yeah uh yeah i have it seems to be like a crowd favorite um surprisingly so they are positive about it yeah i mean you know of course there's going to be you know, there's always going to be two sides to it, you know, definitely on social media, I get both angles, you know, I get people that just laugh and think I'm crazy, or have no idea what I'm talking about, or or just like, want to make the assumption that like, you know, I'm conspiracy theorist, or QAnon, or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, there's the other side of people that actually like do know about this stuff, and they're actually really stoked that someone else is talking about it, you know.
Is that your kind of thing, Sam? Like playing live? Because I really know some artists who prefer just staying in the studio. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's like that's like number one goal is to get this project off the ground and tour and play as many shows as, as possible. Then what about the crowd that you're dealing with? Are they, you know, mostly people that listen to mainstream music? Are they Christians or what? Well, I mean, this, you know, this whole thing is still relatively new and we haven't played a whole lot of shows. So I'm still kind of learning as we go. But, you know, I'm not opposed to playing to anybody. I mean, the, the whole point of this project is is not just to appeal to to believers and people that are saved. I want this music to to grab the interest of people that aren't saved, that don't know the truth, because then there's a chance that, you know, we could start a conversation about these things. You know, I want people to hear my music that wouldn't necessarily you know, gravitate towards your typical Christian sound or, you know, a Christian artist, mm -hmm. you know, and let those lyrics plant a seed in their in their head, you know, and hopefully plant a seed in their heart. And maybe hopefully, you know, they'll think about it and start a conversation, you know, and find God in some way. You raised the point. What is a typical Christian music sound? <laughs> that's a good question because I, I i mean i think typical christian sound i mean it's like whatever is like most popular so you know the hill song the elevation brandon lake like th those artists those are the artists that are you know that are topping the christian charts i guess so these are all the guys that are doing worship music but remember you did a worship song <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 true, unintentionally. Well, something that's taken me by surprise are the songs that Koki has covered, because you've done Over by Portishead, Radiohead's You and Who's Army, and When the Party's Over from Billie Eilish. The thing is, is that you gave a twist to each of those songs. Yeah. Maybe you should explain. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I, I, I've always loved doing cover songs. And uh, I love doing covers because it's like a, you know, a tribute to, you know, the artists that inspire me, you know, regardless of whatever their, you know, their religious beliefs or political beliefs or whatever. It's, you know, artist to artist. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I love doing covers. Portishead is one of my all-time favorite artists. Um, when I discovered them back in high school, it just completely changed the way I viewed music. You know, I didn't know that you can make the kind of sounds that they made and that the, the lyrics are incredible. I mean, the lyrics to that song are incredible. It's, uh, the song is basically about being overcome with guilt over doing something wrong. Um, and I think it's so fitting with, you know, the music I've been putting out right now. That one had a very subtle change that you did to the lyrics because you only altered one word. Yeah, that yeah, that one I didn't I didn't alter too much because I felt like I just already liked I liked the meaning of the song to start with. So
Hey, this is Sam Lopez, and you discovered the music of Okoki on The Antidote Radio. We just had the Koki version of Radiohead's You and Who's Army. Earlier, we heard Koki's cover of Over by Portishead. And I had mentioned about how only one word was changed in the song, and that was switched from the word over to under. We're going to carry on with our conversation with Sam and find out what artists are making an impact on him. I'm really curious as to who you listen to just for enjoyment. Are you actually listening to Christian artists? You listening to mainstream or what? Um, lately, I've been listening to more Christian artists uh, than I used to. Um, you know, I always have, like I have, I, you know, I have my my friends that you know make music as well. I listen to their stuff. Um, 
But I've been having a lot of fun discovering new Christian artists because I'm always on the search. There's an artist that I just discovered called Hunter Plake. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, he's got some really cool stuff. Uh, who, who else? Well, Jimmy Clifton is another another really cool artist. I connected with him over TikTok for some reason. Both of our TikToks kept feeding into each other. So he, I was seeing a ton of his and he was seeing a ton of mine. And eventually we we connected and, and he's awesome. I, I love what he's doing. Um, there's a there's actually a hip hop artist called No Big Deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Yes. Yep. He's part of uh, Indie Tribe. Yeah. I, I, you know, I stopped listening to hip hop 2020 when I came back to God I just had such a um, flip in my taste of music, and I, I just, a lot of the hip hop that I was listening to, I realized was so worldly and just so toxic for me. So <laughs> I kind of just put hip hop aside for a long time, and up until recently, I discovered this guy. He actually followed me on Instagram, and I just happened to be looking at his videos, and I was blown away at how how cool his music is. So I've been listening to him a lot. Um, oh man, there's so many significant hip hop Christian artists. It's just wild. I'm sure I, I've I've yet to like um, go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> no, because you know what? That's about the only music style you haven't brought into your songs. The the new ones, yeah, yeah, like all of them. So I mean, you really do like that diversity. I do. Yeah, I listen to all types of music. I mean, like I said, my dad was a DJ, so I grew up on all kinds of music. You know, my dad was super into disco and new wave. My mom was really into salsa music and ballads. And, you know, and then I grew up, you know, loving punk rock and indie rock stuff. And so, yeah, my taste in music is all around. Oh, and then my my cousins were all into 90s hip hop. So I definitely like I had my phase of like, all that stuff, Tupac and Biggie and, you know, Wu-Tang Clan and yeah, all that. So, Oh, that's so cool. Well, where you did make a big lyric change was on the Koki version of When the Party's Over. Oh, you yeah. Know, Eilish's original is all about a toxic relationship. How difficult was it for you to rewrite the lyrics to show people Christ? Huh. To be honest, like that one wasn't too difficult for me when i first heard the song you know despite the lyrics i i I thought the song was beautiful the melodies the production like oh it's it's great it's such a good song and so you know i wanted to cover it regardless because i just thought it was it was such a cool sounding song um but honestly rewriting it i don't know maybe because i liked the song so much and was like so inspired already the lyrics kind of came easy to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember having that much difficulty with that one. Don't you know we all need Jesus? Stop. 
great version of the Billie Eilish song, with Koki doing a radical change to the original lyrics, which is why Sam ended up calling it, when the party's over, Christian version. Next week's guest on The Antidote also likes to bring variations to his music. Joshua Webb is an Australia-based New Zealand artist, doing mostly rap, but also throws R&B, pop, and electronic into the mix. A really diverse style. Tune in for that next week. I've got to say that I haven't quite figured out how to describe the music of our last song from Koki, so I'm going to leave that up to you. Enjoy this final part of the Antidote's chat with Koki as we get into their song, Charlie. See you next time on The Antidote. we got to talk about the latest from Koki, and it's the single called Charlie. In the song you brought in the line, Is it a crime to hear me out? Maybe you'll realize something you never knew before. Mm -hmm. So here's what I want to know. Have you been ignored in the past? Have I been ignored? I mean, I've been, I've definitely been uh, blocked (laughs) and and ghosted. Yeah, I guess I, I, not so much ignored, just, um, just cut off. You know, if that makes sense. Something I'm really curious about with the song, did Charlie actually come out of a specific situation? You know, it came out of numerous situations and also numerous situations that I 
observed from like other people, you know, not just specifically myself, but the whole overall idea of the song came from something that I saw was becoming more and more common lately, which was just like people not being able to understand the other person's perspective whether or not you agree with them you know it's it's important to at least understand these days does anybody care at all about somebody else's opinion it doesn't seem like it it seems like pride takes precedent nowadays with a lot of people in one of our emails back and forth you've mentioned that you've got some more music coming out soon what's the story yeah, I've got a bunch of new music, just, um, you know, still working on mixing and getting the final touches. I've got a a live studio session that I'm dropping next week. Wow. I uh, went into a, a studio in Los Angeles and we recorded three songs live and did like a whole video for it. And so that's going to go out on YouTube. And then and then shortly after, it'll go on Spotify and Apple Music and all, all the DSPs. Doing a live recording, that's terrifying for most artists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did it. We, you know, we had played a show in, in Hollywood um, the day before. And so we were already pretty well rehearsed and, and you know, still on that adrenaline from the previous show. So the next day we went right into the studio and everything was fresh in our minds and just went and nailed them. It was cool. Okay, I'm impressed. <laughs> Sam, this has been cool hearing more about Koki. Thanks for the talk and thanks for the music. Yeah, thanks for having me. Something you never knew before So open up your eyes